You're listening to episode 23 of the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. I'm Jason Tucker, and I've settled over a billion dollars in copyright claims for the world's largest studios. Over the last 15 years as the expert pirate hunter, IP problem solver, and enforcer, I have helped shape copyright law, the processes, and the landscape that exists today. So how do you keep your IP organized, protect it from pirates, and make even more money off of your content? With real-life insight and stories from the trenches, this is the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast. Branding content. Why creators and influencers should use watermarks and copyright management information. In this episode, we're going to discuss how and why to use watermarks, the copyright symbol, and statements in your work. If you hear nothing else in this podcast, hear this. Please put watermarks on your content and a copyright statement. If you have a mark on every piece of content you put on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, etc., you have a branding machine in action, and you will drive traffic to your site or intended location. Gathering eyeballs and then directing them down a funnel should be your goal. You want to entice your audience and then take them to another location where they can see more, learn more, and ultimately transact with you or make an action that will allow you to make money in that experience. And to protect that experience, you need to properly claim ownership of your work. And you can do both while satisfying a few legal requirements that could help you now or later. So let's back up. First, let's get the basics covered. What is a digital watermark? A digital watermark could be a website address, your unique logo, or information about ownership. Your Instagram or Twitter account could be a useful watermark. It doesn't have to be elaborate or huge. It can be sexy or not. Watermarks are typically put on the bottom of a video. If you've ever watched TV, you see the station logo and letters come up, that's a watermark. Photographers, if you're not, you should do the same. Some photographers place a transparent mark across the unlicensed image to make sure that if it's taken, that identification travels. If you're a shooter, I recommend you do this. When content is licensed, the image is then delivered without a mark. Now, some locations will say, you know what, we don't like watermarks. Well, that only benefits them. It doesn't do you any good to not have any identification of who the work belongs to. With respect, and that applies, by the way, to any type of content. With respect to video content, we advise our clients to use floating watermarks. And floating watermarks, there's software for this. It's free. It's not expensive uh, if you want to pay for more elaborate software. But floating watermarks are simply the URL, and it moves from bottom to top to left to right to the bottom or wherever at certain times throughout the video. It doesn't take away from the video. It's subtle. The reason for floating watermarks is it makes it harder for someone to chop off and claim as their own. It still happens, but not as frequently. Now, when the video content is taken and used, we can see one or more of the marks as the video plays. And more importantly, so can end users. If end users like what they see, a portion of them will type in the URL or whatever you used as the identifier that you want to take them to, to check out the website or Twitter account or Instagram account or whatever you're using. Is a watermark going to stop piracy? No. Will it support you when your content is pirated? Absolutely. And will it support you in your marketing efforts? 100% yes. And it can help you make money. There are entire pirate operations dedicated to putting their own watermark on stolen content. They take it, they put their mark on it, and then they upload it to sites for money. And those sites that they upload to incentivize thieves to get the most popular content onto their network as fast as possible. 
the pirates make money from the views and from the type in traffic to their URL. When a user lands on their URL, they're going to find advertisements. Now, I share this to show you that if a pirate operation thinks enough of a watermark, it's something for you to consider. If an infringer cuts off your watermark, you could be entitled to enhanced damages in a legal action. Either way, it's a good way to display that a person or a company knowingly infringed your work by attempting to mislead users as to the rightful owner. And again, it's a great way to get free traffic. So what is copyright management information? Copyright management information, or CMI, is really just a little more identifiable information. Under the U.S. law, known as the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, or DMCA as I understand it, there's a section 1202C that defines the term copyright management information. And there's a link in the show notes if you want to read it. But I believe that rather than getting hung up on all of the details, know that certain information will work for you every time to cover what is required for CMI. A watermark written properly can be a form of displaying copyright management information. So firstly, I would put the name of the owner, meaning you or your company, into the metadata under the owner. For most files, you simply right-click and put author and title into the properties. And most rendering software allows you to do it before output. This is mostly non-visible CMI. The visible piece could be a small display of text on the top or the bottom of the image or video or drawing that has the title, the copyright symbol, that little C in a circle, the year of first publication, and the name of the owner. You don't have to have the title, but it's helpful. An example of CMI would be using this episode, episode 22, comma, the Copyright and Intellectual Property Podcast, comma, copyright symbol, little c, uh, in a circle, 2020, Jason Tucker. And you can just dump the title if you want and just have the little C in a circle, 2020, Jason Tucker, or in this case, you or your company information. And you should put this on everything you do. So it doesn't matter the content. And to get into a little bit more, why add a watermark and CMI to your content? Some of this I've covered, but I think some of it's worth repeating. If you have these on your work and someone cuts them off, there are legal benefits in a copyright infringement dispute. It's unlawful for anyone to cut off a mark. And if they do, and you decide to take action, the chopping of your mark displays a bad act. I can tell you that this has supported me hundreds of times in displaying evidence in a copyright infringement dispute. Second, a visible mark allows people the ability to find you, search you out, go to your site, your account, and experience more of you and your work. Without marks, people are left guessing, and then the traffic stays on the offending location, and you never have a chance to get the type in traffic or properly direct attention. As I'm sure you know, viral marketing happens. Whether you're a writer who puts out a book every few years or an influencer who puts out content hourly or a follower of Gary Vee and his smart tools for making 100 pieces of content per day, you rely on branding. To brand effectively, you need identification on your work. You never know what your most popular content will be. Since the beginning of the World Wide Web, we've all seen viral sensations. If you've been around, you know the Star Wars kid. Going back in time, there was the dancing baby, you know, the Ugachaka baby. There's the Leave Britney Alone girl. Maybe you've been Rickrolled. In 2012, the K-pop hit, which really brought K-pop to the forefront of the world, was Gangnam Style, and it exploded and enjoys over 3 billion views and a boatload of knockoffs. The common theme and point of mentioning all of them is that none have watermarks. 
there's not a single central point to direct back to. So these sensations have viewers, but no funnel. What they produce are highly entertaining traffic bleeds. Traffic bleeds. It goes nowhere except out to who knows where. If any of that content had a watermark, a portion of that traffic would be flowing back to a place where it could be leveraged. It may not be a huge percentage, but it's a percentage. And if you want to understand how valuable small percentages can be, 1% of the beverage industry is over $1 billion in sales a year. So 200,000 hits to you a year, maybe that's worth something. 20,000 extra hits that you didn't have to work for, maybe that's worth something. So does all this work? Yes, it does. We work with news outlets, musicians, filmmakers, and influencers who on an hourly or weekly basis gain new attention or make money simply from the act of including a watermark and CMI. Some of our clients have significant residual income that can be directly attributed to the watermarks they put on their content from years ago and as recent as yesterday. Again, you don't know what will hit, but you can certainly be guaranteed that if your content's on the internet, it's going to be seen. The other thing is proof matters on the internet. Identification matters. Proof of ownership matters. One of the reasons I encourage people to register their copyrights with the U.S. Copyright Office is because a registration number is proof of ownership, besides all the legal protection on top of it. Well, I guess proof of ownership is a legal protection, so it, it provides a lot of legal protection. So in summary, watermarks are great tools to drive traffic. Watermarks and content management information, or CMI, require little work but provide great return for years on the internet. If an ethical location wants to use the work, they're going to contact you to license it. They'll know how to find you from the information associated with the work. If you really want to get it all handled, come up with a logo or title that includes both a URL and in small text, copyright information to cover the content management information requirements. I am sure that this little act will support you for years to come. I hope that this helps you as you continue to create and publish your work. Please listen to our other podcast episodes for additional tips and tools to support you. If you have questions or want to share experiences, you can join and post inside of our free Facebook group at Intellectual Property HQ Community. You can follow me on Twitter at Intel Prop HQ. If the podcast or the blog post is informative or helpful to you in your endeavors, please subscribe and share it with your friends. And please, if you can, take a moment and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Happy hunting. Jason Tucker is not an attorney. All of the information shared on this free podcast is his opinion and not legal advice. Be sure to subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. See you next time.